Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. Welcome to episode 85 of the British Bird Gang podcast, where you can now bear witness to perhaps the most disappointed breakdown we've ever brought to you. So as always, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by fellow depressive Callum to try and make sense of what happened this past week. Oh, Tom, it's uh, it's not been a good week, has it? First of all, we've had to record on a Thursday because the, uh, the thing that we used to record the podcast broke down on Tuesday when we normally do it. And not only that, but I thought on Tuesday I was going to get talking about that game out of the way, and now I've had to think about it for an extra day as well. I know, it's not good. And then also I'm breaking down as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, <clears throat> it's not gone well. But I guess, I mean, one of the bonuses of recording later in the week is that we've got a bit more news than we usually do. Yeah, we've actually got a fair bit of news for this episode, so I suppose we should get straight into it. And the more we talk about the news, the less we have to talk about the game. So... Uh, We've got some cuts to start off with. Tremaine Brock and Zach Zenner both got caught on Monday. A surprise for Brock, really, considering he's, according to the number nerds at PFF, the best cover corner on the roster, even though he was giving up a 120 passer rating when thrown at. I thought that was an interesting interesting stat, but, you know, given the state of the rest of our corners at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm almost not surprised by that, but... Yeah, definitely wouldn't have expected to see him cut. Um, Zach Zenner, less of a surprise, I guess. I mean, he had one carry in his time at Arizona, so he's not going to miss him much. No, I mean, he was basically brought into, like, in emergency terms, really, wasn't he? Both of them have already been picked up, though. Where did they land? Well, Brock's ended up going to Tennessee, and Zenner's ended up in Miami. Well, I guess they're just going to try whatever works. Well, yeah, I mean, Miami lost their starting running back to injured reserve this past week, so... Oh, there you go. Granted, he wasn't very good. I think he was averaging, like, just over one yard a carry. Well, I mean, that sort of suits the uh, the Zach Zenner pattern, isn't it? Like, he got brought in... Oh, who was it that got injured when we brought him in? Was it was that the David Johnson injury, or was that... DJ and Chase were both down injured. Yeah. So we needed just bodies there, didn't we? Yeah, pretty much. Just got to um, fill out the core, effectively. Yeah, Tremaine Brock, I mean, I'll be interested to see how we go without him, but equally, given everything's been so terrible there anyway, I can't imagine it makes a huge difference. I don't think we'll see much of an improvement without him here, likewise had we kept him. Yeah. There's also outside linebacker Pete Robertson getting caught. I don't think he's actually played, so again, he's not much of a loss. Yeah, it's interesting, these guys that are, are... Getting cut, you know, on and off the the main squad, not even the practice squad, and you you know they've never never even played a snap, you know. I mean, he was alright in preseason, but it's just not transferred over to the regular season. That comes down to a lot of stuff. I mean, it's not just how well you do in practice throughout the season; it's um, it's how well the man in front of you is doing. And in Pete Robinson's case, you know, in front of him, it's reasonably well stacked, so it makes sense to have him active on game day. It makes sense to have him in there, but. I wouldn't be holding my uh, crossing my f- fingers that he'd be, uh, you know, he'd be in any time soon. 
We did move from the practice squad a pair of players to replace them, though. Well, Tanner Vallejo and Kylie Fitz, both linebackers, were, were promoted. Well, there was a little bit of shifting around in the uh, <clears throat> in the linebacker position and the defensive line position, wasn't there? Yeah, they also added veteran defensive tackle Karon Reed. So, you know, I suppose the defence does need some assistance at the moment, doesn't it? Do you know what? At this point, we, we are officially the worst defence in the NFL. We are 30, 32nd behind the Bengals and we're allowing 427 yards a game or something wild like that. So I would honestly take anything at this point and fair play to them for trying something to get it, um, you know, get it spiced up. I mean, things can't really get worse from 32nd, can they? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You know, like, what's the worst that can happen that we lose some games by more points you know it's not like we're going to be competing for anything and it's not like point difference particularly matters at the moment we did have another loss this past week when practice squad quarterback kyle slaughter was signed from the practice squad by the detroit lions the thing about losing a quarterback is that you you would hope that we would absolutely never need an extra quarterback now at the moment anyway with kyler murray playing you know, well, we can talk about that later, but like generally across this season, been playing really well. Yeah, and also we got Brett Hundley on the right roster. So, someone I believe in fantasy football had predicted him to be a week four starter, and we'll see how well that shows up. Yeah, so uh, Josh Shaw suspended by the NFL, and I believe that was for gambling on NFL games, right? That's right, yes. He's currently on injured reserve, so you know, he was out in any way. But he's now facing a lengthy ban for betting on NFL games, apparently until the 2020 season. I, I think I'd read it as being the 2021 season, or it was through the 2020 season that he was banned. Yeah, I think it's one of those Americanisms, isn't it? It's like the whole of that season he's out for. I suspect that would generally spell the end of his involvement with the organization, but we'll wait and see about that. I'm sure they would deal with that in the off-season instead. But yeah, that's an interesting one. I ended up reading a bit about the bylaws for... The NFL and it, it's if you're involved in the NFL at all, and I believe even your like close friends and family can't be betting on the NFL. I mean, I'm not sure how they can police that, though, can they? I suspect it's more just a catch-all for if if someone was caught, you know, passing information on to someone else, then then they would get you know fired for it or whatever. I suppose that makes sense. And also, I did see that one of the games you bet on. Involved the Cardinals. Um, do you know? Do we know which game at all? It was when we played Tampa Bay, and he lost that bet because he bet on them. Interesting. For like the second half spread, I think it was, or something like that. <laughs> well, I guess we don't follow him for gambling advice or how to keep your job advice, but um, yeah, that was an interesting one. It's not often you see sort of slightly out there suspensions. I know there's like those sort of laws in British football. You know, like, if you're involved with a football team, you can't place any bets. I guess, I guess it makes sense because it just keeps everyone honest during the game, right? Because, I mean, what was he, a defensive back, but, you know, he can't particularly influence the games, but keeps you honest in the in the odd situation that you bet against your own team while you're playing, and then you decide to, say, drop what what could have been an interception for instance. Or just be, like, really bad in coverage. Yeah, just drop out of coverage or something slight like that. Is that what Patrick Peterson's doing? NFL, please investigate Patrick Peterson for betting. We might be onto something here. <laughs> He's, he bet that the Cardinals get the first pick in the in the draft. That's why he got suspended then. Ah, possibly, possibly. 
the the last bit of news you've got written down here is um that we are uh, the Cardinals are now officially and mathematically out of contention for the playoffs. I mean, the result this week means we can no longer mathematically make the playoffs. So the season's basically over. To be fair, I think that going into last week and actually going into the week before, a 1% and less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's not been on the cards, has it? Pun intended. <clears throat> it's it's not been on the cards for a long time. That being said, it's always a sad time when you you lose that last possibility of it happening. At least we are not the Bengals and we lost it a couple of weeks ago. That's true, yeah. The Bengals were the first to be completely out of contention and that was several weeks ago at this point. But then again, they're also in a division with, with the Ravens. So, you know, that they had the advantage of, of one of the teams doing particularly well as well. I mean, so if we were San Francisco. That's true, but they're, they're faltering a little bit these days. That's true, but not as faltering as much as the Arizona Cardinals, especially when the Rams come to town. Are we going to have to talk about this, this bloody game? I'd rather we didn't, you know, we could brush it under the carpet like we do that. Like we do that one at Twickenham, which never happened. With the game that never happened at Twickenham, how about we talk about it now, and then after that we agree that it never happened again? Yeah, we can do that. So, I mean, where do we actually start with this one? <laughs> I, I actually don't know. I mean, I, it's been, what, four days now, and I've done my best to block it out of my mind, to be honest. It's one of the most painful games I've watched in a long while, and I include last season in that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great one to watch, was it? Great for, from the get-go, really. Yeah, like let's talk positives first because we always talk positives first and the first one you've got written down here is that Kyler Murray did not die despite getting hit probably as hardest in in any game really I mean there was that sack where Aaron Donald like ragdolled him that wasn't good to watch it was a wrestling move it was totally just throwing him to the ground and credit to Aaron Donald it was it was an excellent defensive play you know it just goes to show that Kyler isn't a big dude compared to a lot of these guys out there and if they get to him they can really mess him up but he didn't injure him thankfully yep no injuries and I think he said that he said after the game that you know he didn't feel bad or anything like that you know it didn't get to him he did lose his helmet on one play as well i noticed he did yeah that's a that's like a big punishment if you do that in the british leagues if you lose your helmet because it's basically implied that you didn't put it on properly yeah and also in college you have to take a playoff yeah but not in the nfl which is really interesting given all the concussion protocols and stuff like that they've got going on but he did score a nice touchdown though yeah, it was a little. Was it like a little bootleg run to the run to the left? Yeah, nice fifteen-yard touchdown run gives him another for the season. Do you know what? If we're including, if we're in positives just now, that TD also meant that we didn't get granite, and it means that we didn't lose as badly as we did in the game that we don't talk about. Yeah, but we may as well have done. Oh yeah, it was definitely it was a straight garbage time touchdown. It meant absolutely nothing, and the Rams knew it meant absolutely nothing. But here's the thing, it saved us from having a goose egg on the board. Yeah, definitely didn't want one of them. Imagine the outcry from that. I know. It's it's um especially with, you know, given given that a lot of our woes this season have been able to be pinned on the defense, and a lot of the losses have been able to be pinned on the defense. It was just nice to see that the offense had a little bit of life in it left, even at the end of that sort of terrible game. Well, I mean, the defense didn't, but we'll talk about them a lot in the negatives. Well, exactly. It's basically just the defense. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, the audio, the offense didn't too, do 
too much to impress either. In fact, again, it wasn't even a, an offensive player. It was a special teams player, Andy Lee, winning the player of the game yet again. We're back in 2018, aren't we? <laughs> I wonder, you know, like, just given last season, is Andy Lee the player of the game like the person who's won most player of the game awards in this podcast what well, since we actually started the play of the game thing i assume so because he won a lot last year he won a lot last year and i'm thinking just because he was you know so such an individual winner all the time whether uh that makes him the winningest uh winningest guy won't be long till kyler overtakes it though i'm sure no he's done well for himself this season and and you know I suspect he's got the most player of the game trophies out of anyone so far. Yeah, he's got four so far. Yeah. And we've also only got four more games to suffer through this year, Ooh. which is another positive. <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm taking it as a positive at this point, to be honest. I mean, I've got to say that however much we talk, and we've talked about it a lot this year, about seeing those glimmers of positive, I am sick of losing. We're on, what, a six-game losing streak now? I did see a tweet before. Since we traded for Kenyon Drake... We haven't won a game. And before Drake was traded by Miami, they hadn't won a game. Ooh, spooky. To be fair, I'd, I, I would believe the curse more if we were actually convincingly winning games before we traded for Kenyon Drake anyway. It does have some substance to it. The Drake effect. <laughs> the, the Drake effect, absolutely. Or the Drake curse. But that's that's basically to do with the rap jumping on every bandwagon <laughs> going. So it's, it's a different Drake curse. Not our Drake curse. There's the Drake effect. No, I think, uh, yeah, four more games. I, I I can't wait till the right pieces are put together with this team because there there's an element of something great there, but it's definitely not going to happen this season. Oh, definitely not, no. It's going to be a busy off-season as well. Oh, I believe it will be, yeah. Will Steve Kahn be fired? Will Vance Joseph be fired? Will Larry Fitzgerald return? Who knows? Yeah, plenty of, plenty of drama to keep us going. And uh, I'm sure Black, was it? Is it Black Monday, they call it? The day all the coaches get fired? Yeah, although they have already started. The Washington team and, uh, well, the Panthers. The Panthers away as well. I did see everyone on Twitter going mental saying like, so what do you guys think about bringing in uh, Ron Rivera You know, and, and moving, uh, moving Cliff Kingsbury to offensive coordinator? And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, I don't even think he'd come in as defensive coordinator. Because, I mean, he runs a 4-3 defense. And we know what that did last year. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk about some negatives? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not sure I even want to, to be honest. That was a a hard, hard game to watch. Well, I mean, basically my notes just say literally everything else about the game. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. The question, I guess the question is, is was that game worse than any of the games we saw last year. Was it worse than the game in 2017 that we didn't speak of? Um, in a way, yes, but I can't I can't answer that honestly because at least with the game that we don't speak of, I was actually in the stadium and I could laugh at the Pepsi Party Patrol and drink overpriced beer, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that cost hundreds of pounds. This one cost 99p to watch. So That's, That is very true, yeah. I'd definitely say that was worse. <laughs> yeah. No, this this one, uh, as I said earlier, at least we scored some points. But that being said, we got walked all over. Or blocked out of the game, like if your name is Patrick Peterson. Oh my goodness, where was he? That was pathetic on the where Jared Goff just pushed him out of the way. 
Where's uh, Where's Patrick Peterson at in his contract? Is he going to have to renegotiate this year? Or is he set in for a while? I think he's set in for a while, actually. Yeah. We'd have to make the move. Hmm. I mean, I'm intrigued because, I mean, last year, I, I was actually, it was around this time last year, the, all the rumours of trade Patrick Peterson were floating around and don't you kind of wish that we'd done it now? So yeah, there was a talk about the Philadelphia Eagles offering a first and Nelson Aguilar for him. If only we'd have taken that offer now. <laughs> it does look a lot better now, doesn't it? I've got to say, you know, and I, I have to admit to it because I am I'm very legitimately on the record as saying it. And I was saying last year, you know, oh, there's no way we want to trade for him. You know, he's He's such a good cornerback. He's one of the cornerstones of our defense. And now look how the mighty have fallen, you know? I think we're a statistically worse defense with him actually being in it, which isn't a good sign. And it's it's funny looking back as well to during his suspension. Do you remember there was a lot of times we were sort of almost counting down the days? Yeah, now we just wish he was still suspended. Yeah. I think maybe. Or is that too harsh? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of on the fence, to be honest, but like, honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that he's not been benched because a lot of the plays that he's been missing, it definitely feels like low effort plays again. It almost reminds me of, do you remember a few years ago, he sort of started slowing down and he, you know, realized he wasn't feeling right and stuff like that. And they found out he had diabetes. Yeah, that was right. It, It almost feels like that again. You know, it's sort of like wondering, you know, well, why why are you out there? Why are you still playing like that? And and actually, why has nobody uh, decided to pull you off the field for it? And then also his attitude after the game, where he refused to talk to any media and just disappeared. It's not a good look. Um, well, David Johnson did that against the, the 49ers as well. And, you know, it's happened really a few times to a few different players across the league. But it's, it's just not not been a common thing to happen in the Cardinals for the last uh, couple of years, I don't think. Yeah, it just seems to be weird, doesn't it? Like, something's going on. And the thing is, is I, I get it. I do get it. I Like, especially if you're frustrated yourself with the way that you're playing. But that being said, you know, it just, I, it's a really bad look, I think. And um, yeah, I can't see this ending too well for him in the offseason, to be honest. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's often annoyed with how he's played, but he's still there. Yeah, and plenty of other players are annoyed with how they've played, and and they stay there and they give a comment and they tell the media that they're annoyed. Um, but I guess there's some people who, you know, in a way, are a big personality. And Patrick Peterson's always been a big personality. I guess we've just seen less of it on the negative side. Yeah, and like yeah, obviously with him not delivering on the field, people are going to take that against him, aren't they? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, if if it was not doing that after. Uh, a good game or even a mediocre game, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. But the way that it comes across is is quite childish, actually. And I'm sure that will factor into the way that the team's thinking about him in the off-season. I'm sure the same could be said about Vance Joseph as well. Surely he's on fit ice. We spoke about it in the, in the bye week. And I was a little bit surprised he wasn't let go in the bye week. And my thought was that, like, they were sort of thinking, well, how much damage can he do in five weeks? And... We might as well let him hold on for a couple of weeks and, and just, you know, ride out the season. But that was dreadful. I mean, there's a lot of that has to come down to play calling. And people were saying that, um, or people in the defense, I should say, were saying that they were aware of 95% of what the Rams were throwing against them 
and yet they were unable to defend it. And for me, that has to come down to the way the plays were being called. And it was another 400-plus yard passing yardage game given up. So you've got that in back-to-back games now. Which is not a good look on a on a um, defensive coach. I mean, we can, we can agree that he is gone at the end of the season. Absolutely gone. There's no chance he's keeping his job. I'd be surprised if he did. Yeah, I, I would be quite shocked if he did, to be honest. And unless, you know, somebody knows something I don't, he's gone but like it's almost the real question of like do they just get rid of him probably not now because it's three days before the next game but do they get rid of him before the end of the season even no i think they'll let him see it out because i mean what would they do just shove some guy like a position coach in the position instead it makes me wonder if that would be better you know I guess at this point, it's just a case of, like, they can't teach anyone the system in time. I mean, they've been working in the system, wouldn't they? So they'd understand the basics of it. That is true. Which most of the defence can't do anyway. Perhaps it's even come down to the fact that, you know, they've asked the position coaches if anyone will take over and none of them felt, you know, prepared to to do it. And, of course, the other guy getting most of the flack on Twitter, as always, is Steve Kahn. Well, there was that... um you know, clip of video going around or that gif it is now effectively of um of Steve Kimes sitting with his head in his hands during that game. Yeah, definitely how we felt. It was, yeah, uh, it definitely mirrored the, the way that I was sitting at home, but... I would say as well, the, the picture of Christian Kirk running into the posts, that kind of summed it up as well. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a few choice moments in that game that definitely felt like they summed it up and... and Steve Kime's reaction was absolutely one of them. You know, if we're having the same conversation about is Steve Kime on thin ice as well? I don't know. It's it's a difficult prospect, but I was just reading there that, you know, out of the past four draft classes, so not not including the 2019 draft class, we've got two defensive players still on the field or still on the squad, and the only one that's making any impact has been Buddha Baker. Is it Hassan Reddick? Uh, yeah, that's true. Sorry, Hassan Reddick is still still there, but he's he's had to be shifted position yet again to sort of see if there's anything able to be brought out of him. It's ridiculous that though. Yeah, four years or so. It's his third year now, I think. So yeah, I did see a stat this morning where he's been he's given up seven touchdowns this season in coverage. Ooh, that's not a good look. It's the same as Byron Murphy. I suppose he's a rookie, so he has that excuse. And plus, he was probably thrown in before they wanted him to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and there's a lot of other problems that happen there. You know, there's a lot of systemic stuff like that. But at some point, you've got to have the personal accountability, even if nobody's pressuring the quarterback and and Terrell Suggs is sitting back and not able to get anywhere and all that stuff. You've still got to be able to tighten up your coverage enough to, to stop those passing yards and... I guess, you know, one of the, the guys that um, that he'll be covering is the tight ends as well, which we've had a terrible time of covering. Uh, every single game, I think it's been, except for one. Which they didn't even use the tight end that much. Just generally, they didn't have him downfield ready to catch. And, you know, the the, the Rams game was no exception to that rule. So the final... I see your your last negative in the, in the column is... Um, Given the last positive was we've only got four more games to suffer through, the last negative is that we've still got four more games to suffer through. I know. It's not good, is it? Well, let, let's uh, get on to that in our game preview, actually. Yep, yeah, so before that, we've got some fantasy football updates from the Birdland Bowl. Well, how did you get on this week, actually? Well, I mean, I actually thought that this was the final week, so 
I thought I'd blown my chance of getting into the playoffs. No, it, go, it does. It does indeed go for fourteen weeks, not thirteen. I know it's just confusing because I'm in other leagues where it's playoffs this coming week. Yeah, and obviously not in the Bergang Bowl because we got to be different. <laughs> so that's about week thirteen. It went as well as I could have hoped, earning the top scoring team of the week award in a hundred and seventy four point twelve to one hundred and thirteen point seven win. Over sucks and kisses. It's uh, like obviously you know getting the you, the top scorer of the week award, but that's a uh, it's a pretty decent score. Who was your top scorer there? Who who was your leading you to victory? Well, I had Darius Geis, Alan Robinson, and Cortland Sutton all scoring twenty plus points each. Alan Robinson's one of my favorite guys to take in fantasy, just because he can go off like that. He just he has these magical games every so often, and it, well, I say every so often. It feels like it's every third or fourth week now. If only had a decent quarterback in Chicago. Yeah. Um. As for my Bird Gang Bowl, uh, regular, I won against Murray Mintz, uh, who is one of our you know top guys in the league. So I was quite happy with that win, and I won one hundred and twenty-one point eight four to one hundred and thirteen point four two. So it was a solid one, and. Like quite gratifyingly, I got so many points in Thursday night football that he was never able to catch up with me across the whole the whole weekend. That's not too bad. Got a chance of the playoffs in that? Uh, no, I don't. I am I am seventh, but I do have a chance of finishing the league with a five hundred record. So I need to win next week to do that. Um, against can't believe it's not butter. You know, we can um, a man can dream. I'm playing the team in the bottom place in week fourteen, and also number two plays number four. And number three plays number five. So I think if I win, then I'm definitely in. So we'll see. I suppose this is what you want to go into until last week, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Something a bit interesting. As for the Dynasty League, oh man, I've got some... So Tom and I played each other this week in the Dynasty League, and I couldn't have picked a worse week to forget to set my lineup. Yeah, I mean, you did score pretty well without it. I've got to say, yeah, like looking back on it, I so the the final score was a hundred and fourteen point three to one hundred and fifty nine point five. But that's me with um, I put out Mason Rudolph, um, Julio Jones, Ted Ginn, all who scored zero. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good moment. Did it update my score then? Because I did down as one hundred and sixty. Someone took my half point. It's uh, it, it all resets. I think on Tuesday night they do like a final calculation of the scores and things like that. Bastards! They stole my half point. <laughs> no, one hundred and fifty-nine point five for you. I mean, with that win, I've now climbed to third overall, top of Division One. Which means if I win this week, I'll get to buy myself a small Division Winners trophy. <laughs> Yeah, does that put you in any of playoff contention? I'd make the playoffs with that. Because it's top four, make the playoffs. Oh, well. And and who have you got on in the last week? I think I've got another one of the strugglers. But they've got a pretty decent team. I've got you with uh, Can You Kirk It, who is uh, 11th overall, so behind me. You've got a pretty decent team, haven't you? Not going to lie, I'm, I'm slightly tempted to tank it this week, get that sweet high draft pick. I don't think you'd change much, though, because you're 5-8, and eight, so... Yeah, very true. And the only way you'd change is, can you kick it scored, like, 200-plus points against me, and you scored nothing? I'll tell you what, though. At 5-8, and eight, this has still been my best fantasy season in years, and same with the other uh, British uh, British Bird Gang League. Well, I mean, losing six games isn't ideal. I mean, I did manage four in a row in this league, but I've just about managed to turn it around. I'm just pulling a, I'm pulling a Cardinals here. Six losses in a row. Will it be seven now? Uh, well, let's wait and see. Yeah, that's, that brings us to the end of the Bird Gang Bowl section. But next week, as we thought it was this week, 
um, we should have our, our uh, chance to curse out some of the teams in the rest of the leagues. So look out for the curses. Look out for the curses, indeed. But we're back to reality football now with the game preview of the Cardinals versus the Steelers. Back to reality. There goes gravity. Um, yeah, Cardinals versus Steelers. So a couple of weeks ago, I can remember it might have been mid-season or so that we were talking about it. We were looking at games that we had left. And at the time, we looked at the Steelers and we thought, maybe, just maybe, we could win that game. I am not so sure now. Well, I mean, the Steelers have won the last three games versus Arizona, including that Super Bowl, which we don't speak of. It's funny because, actually, I feel like we play the Steelers a lot more often than we do. Yeah, but I mean, the last time we beat them was 2007. It's it's not a common matchup, really. The Steelers lead overall 34-23-3. and three. I mean, it's probably a game we played a lot, like in the olden days. Yeah, I guess so. Because did we play them last year? Was it was that a Josh Rosen game, or am I thinking of did we play them a while ago with a backup quarterback? I think it was twenty fourteen when we actually last played them. I'm sure we played them more recently than that, but I might be I might be just mistaken. I think we played in Heinz Field with Josh Rosen. Twenty fifteen was the last time we played. Okay, so maybe we, I think we must have been out with a backup quarterback at that point then. It's a game, you know, like if we look at the last five games, we've had five straight losses and, and the Steelers have had only one loss and that was against the Browns in, in the game with the helmet beating. Going back to the last time we played them, it was when they had Michael Vick starting, but he got injured on like the first few plays. So they had to chuck in Landry Jones and we obviously hadn't prepared for him. They chucked in just somebody completely different, and, and yeah, we I think we got trounced in that game as well. It finished 25-13. Yeah, okay, so it's not as bad as a trouncing as, as all that, at least by last week's standards. And we had Carson Palmer at quarterback then, so no backup. That's true. And, well, this, this year, actually, they're going to be also on their third-string quarterback because Big Ben's been out since, I don't know, week four or so, uh, Mason Rudolph is out, and yeah, Delvin Hodges. Have you heard much of Delvin Hodges? I've heard of Devlin Hodges, but apparently for some reason he's referred to as Duck. <laughs> is he from Yorkshire or something? Or Staffordshire, because everyone calls everyone Duck around here, sadly. But no, apparently it's because he won a duck calling contest in his teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's much more um, American than than uh, calling somebody Duck as a name of affection. But yeah, interesting. They're missing other players, of course. James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster both listed as unlikely. Yeah, before we actually came to record today, I saw a report from Conner saying he's out for Sunday. So I think they've got Benny Snell Jr., Jalen Samuels. There's two in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think the running game's actually not too bad when it comes to James Conner not being there, but it's you can't deny that that's going to be a bit of a blow for them. Also losing Juju Smith-Schuster. Although I suppose Patrick Peterson will be happy. Yeah, well, I mean, Juju's been pretty much their go-to guy, right? Yeah, but I think this season he's just been hampered by injury all the time. Yeah. Kind of glad I missed out on him in fantasy football. Oh, he seemed like such a safe bet, you know, with them having lost Antonio Brown in the off-season and all that stuff. And you think, well, there there you go. There's uh, there's your number one wide out. And, mm. and then, of course, Ben Roethlisberger gets injured. And all goes downhill from there. But yeah, they're still seven and five. I was gonna say they're seven and five, and in that's that's in a division with the Baltimore Ravens as well. Admittedly, the two other teams in that division are the, are the Browns and the Bengals. 
but they lost one to the Browns as well. There's just no sense with this Steelers team, is it? It's really, really odd. It's it's really difficult, I would say, to um, you know, to to kind of manage whether I think it's going to be a win or a loss. It's it's difficult to say where the Steelers are at. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit confused with this, but I suppose we're at home, so that's always a good sign. Yeah, we're at home. Although that being said, there's quite a big turnout, I think, for the Steelers in you know that part of the states you know whenever whenever the Steelers play abroad uh, play away sorry um down in the sort of south uh southwest they tend to get quite a big turnout I'm sure the Bidwells will be happy because the stadium was pretty empty on Sunday I I kind of don't blame people to be honest I'm I'm surprised they haven't started dropping ticket prices not quite to the five dollars of Washington but you know I'm surprised they haven't sort of thought well Let's just do our best to get people in the building. Well, I mean, I don't know if you still have that sellout streak going. You know, where they used to advertise like a couple of years back. Uh, was it, Who was it that had that? The Cardinals, like they'd sold out every single game at University of Phoenix Stadium. That's true. Yeah, they don't mention it anymore. Uh, maybe it did get broken. Or they just don't want to hype it up because obviously there's that many empty seats. Well, we've not had a winning season since 2015. So I guess that's harder to sell tickets to. And yet people still do it. Here, I, I would go. I'd go every week if it wasn't incredibly expensive. But uh, and, and obviously, for me, very, very far away. But I'd be there. I'd go see that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be different, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I've always enjoyed seeing the NFL live when I've been there. And, I, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. What else am I going to do with myself? Try to avoid everything where you'd have to like go to hospital and pay extortionate hospital fees and all that. Well, there's that too. Yeah, just don't drive anywhere in case you get in a car accident. Definitely don't want that. Should we go for some predictions then before we get too political? Yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea which way I'm going to go for this one, though. So I, th- I feel like I've made you go first too many times recently though i think i'm gonna go with a relatively low scoring game and i'm gonna go with 27 to 20 who too uh oh why not why not let's go to the cardinals i just i wanted i want us to finish with a better record than last season and i think this is one of the last chances that we have for that i'm gonna say we'll have a 23 23 tie going for the tie that's dangerous i know but you know why not how long has it been since someone's had a two tie season we have to have a look afterwards but it take this podcast even longer uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that as a prediction there it's your homework for next week to find out <laughs> i'm looking forward to this game do you know like despite how horrible it was last year last week sorry i think it might be at least a bit more of a contest this week it could happen like we could we could eke out a win I think it would be important in the morale of not just the team, but the fan base as well to get to the end of the season. It also shut that Matthew Berry from ESPN up, tweeting out every single game. God, those are 0-6 since this tweet. The, the, the. Dickhead. Oh, well. He needs, he needs the attention. Shouldn't give it to him, but, you know, living rent-free in his head. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess that's about it from us. Yep. So, as always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. Join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. And buy British Bird Gang merchandise at britishbirdgang.tmill.com. And I need to go rest my voice because I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, you, you should probably stop talking and, and yeah, find some maple syrup for your throat before it gets too bad. Yep, so until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. Cheerio. <laughs>